0: Yeah. To choke out my illusions, yeah. to cut through the confusion. Yeah. Oh, keep on digging deep, we keep digging deep, we keep
1: digging deep. We digging. Hello, and welcome to the Rational Podcast, your weekly deep dive into how science and critical thinking make you immune to scams, fads, and hoaxes. I am your host, Abhijit. Let's dig in. Hello there. Recently, it was Doctor's Day on the 1st of July, and I thought we'd take that opportunity to really make a little bit of a landmark here at Rationable. So to celebrate Doctor's Day in India 2020, I spoke to Dr. Shantanu Abhyankar, MD, MBBS Gynecology, and Dr. Anand Khare. MD psychiatry. We uh, discussed coronel, which is, you know, Patanjali's so-called coronavirus cure, which I've already talked about. Sushant Singh Rajput's uh, passing and its effects on the mental health awareness in India, along with Ayurveda, alternative medicine, and how to survive the pandemic, along with a lot of other stuff. So the video is a bit long because of all of this. But there's a lot of interesting information in there. So I would really urge you to check out the whole thing. Do it, you know, do it in installments. I don't mind. I've also put uh, in handy timestamps to the topics uh, we've covered. So it's much easier for you to navigate around the video and get to the bits you're interested in more quickly. There is another aspect to this celebration because uh, this interview has also led to the launch of the uh, Rationable YouTube channel. This is something I've been working on for a very long time, but I've just been so swamped with my day job and a lot of other commitments in life that I just haven't managed to get it off the ground just yet. So on this channel, I uh, plan to have response videos, more live streams, interviews like this, and along with a lot more uh, deep dives that I also... Would write about like stuff that's on the website. I want to make videos about that stuff as well so that you have another platform. If you don't prefer reading it and you don't prefer podcasts, then you can watch it instead. And I can, you know, uh, give you more visual ideas of what I'm talking about or visual representations of what I'm talking about. Anyway, long story short, just please watch the interview. Like it. I'll put the link in the show notes. Please, if you enjoyed it, Put a like on it, put your thoughts and uh, feedback in the comments. Subscribe to the channel, ring that bell, share it with people that you think would enjoy this kind of content. Let's make it grow. We're all in this together. So, uh, and of course, if you do, I thank you in advance. I am extremely grateful. Now, I just want to know some of the stuff that you've been going through. I know these last couple of months have been super hard for everyone all over the world. So wherever you're listening from, I want you to send me a mail at abhijit at berationable.com. That's A-B-H-I-G-I-T at berationable.com or tweet at me at berationable or come to my Facebook page or whichever one, whichever channel or media you would like to use, please do so and let me know how you're doing. Tell me the story of your pandemic experience or rather okay. I hope you haven't had a pandemic experience. Um, I hope you're well. I hope you're safe. But if you have by any chance been infected, if you and just tell us about your experience, tell us what it's been like at home for you and during the lockdown. Um, what have had? What have you had to deal with? Have you had, uh, has it been stressful for you? Have you been depressed, anxious? So are you just totally chill about everything? Like it just you're taking it in your stride? Everything's good. I don't know how the hell you'd be able to do that, but if you have, I want to know. So, get in touch with me. I'd really like to hear your story and if I I, I want to make an episode. So, tell me also if you'd like me to make an episode where I talk about other people's stories of how they've dealt with the lockdown, what they how they've dealt with the claims that people have made about the pseudoscience and the misinformation and the conspiracy theories that have been going around. And um I'd like to share those stories with everybody else. So write it in. In the meantime, I would urge you all to listen on. Even if you don't go to the YouTube channel, if you prefer the podcast format, fortunately for you, I've got the entire interview sitting right here waiting for you. So give it a listen and enjoy. I'll see you in the next episode. See, I'm Dr. Anand Uh, Kare.
0: I'm basically from Nagpur. Uh, so from the past one year, I've been working in Rajavadi Hospital, Bombay uh, as a consultant psychiatrist, uh, but right now I'm just doing COVID duties right, left, center. So <laughs> mostly we are <laughs> delegated to COVID duties, but yeah, uh, and that's about it. And I've done my UG from Yautmal GMC, and my PG from uh, NK Pishim Sadhpur. And uh, I passed about two years back, so... I'm just still young in this practice, but I'm learning.
1: <laughs> I'm sure over these last couple of months things have been on a very steep learning curve for you for sure Yeah, <laughs> and it's so, Great yeah. to have you here. Dr. Avyankar, could you also give us a little background for the people who are just joining us on uh, what you do, who you are, et cetera,
2: yeah, et cetera. I, I am a gynecologist. I practice in a small town named Wai. Most of you must be knowing Pune, it's close to Pune. And I've been in practice for the past 30 years now. And 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 me and Abhidit, we happened to meet in US. Both of us happened to attend a conference uh, named CSICON. So, Committee for Scientific Inquiry 2018, that is where we met. And then we've sort of uh, been in touch since then.
1: Yeah, and uh, uh, Dr. Ravi we've of course he's no stranger to the Rational Channel. We've uh, had an entire podcast, and interview with you on board as well. So uh, it's good to have you back. Thank you for joining us. And um, uh, as Dr. Anand is uh, Dr. Khare is uh, the new kid on the block, so to speak. Um, I'd like to start with you, if that's all right. Uh, yeah, yeah. So no. the uh, so recently the. With the lockdown and everything, uh, the first thing I want to ask, which is I think on the minds of a lot of people, is how do we deal with the lockdown syndrome, so to speak, where we're all kind of sitting at home? We have uh, some of us have absolutely nothing to do; others are trying to str- struggling to work while at home and with a lo- lot of distractions. And especially without being able to go out, without a change of scenery, a lot of people are starting to feel anxious, are starting to feel depressed. Um, is this normal? Is this something to be expected? And how do you think we can, we can work through that?
0: So what happens that anyways, in India, that mm-hmm. uh, we do have a lot of stigma around psychiatric illness, be it anxiety, be it depression, and the list goes on and on. So anyways, psychiatric illnesses are underdiagnosed in India. So, mm-hmm. after, due to this lockdown, many of the symptoms that might, many of the illnesses that were hidden before or were not diagnosable, some of them have flared. up. And yeah, see, right now we are in the middle of a pandemic. So, if, if you just look up at, at Google and see what is pandemic. So, it is the rarest of the rare situations that we are in right now. So, mm-hmm. whatever we think about it, whatever we... Try to analyze the situation. I can surely say right from WHO chief to the president of the United States to even our prime minister, to anybody. Nobody in this world right now understands what is going to happen. So nobody can predict. So I can't say, okay, just be there for six months. After six months, by January, you will all be able to go out. We still don't know what will happen. So some kind of anxiety, some kind of... Difficulty understand because what we as human beings are prone to be that we fear the unknown. If we know something that if we understand something, we are uh, capable enough to uh, handle it. But if, if we don't know something, then we are curious about it and then we fear it also. So that is an issue because it is unknown and nobody is giving any answers. The government, the doctors, nobody is giving them the people answers. Uh, many of my patients ask me, Sir, what do you do? So I have no answer for it. Yeah, Even while I'm treating COVID patients, while I'm uh, tending to them in the ward, when I go inside the ward, all they ask me, Sir, what do you do? I don't have any answer to it because most of them don't remember who they came in contact with, how they got the disease, so how so many people are dying, some family members are dead. So mm-hmm. nobody's understanding how, what and how it is happening. So the best that I feel that we can do is not analyze the situation at all. So don't analyze it. Don't think about what is going to happen. Mm. What we can do is we can have short term goals. That is I got up in the morning and what do I have to do today? What yeah, is it one that I can time. do today? Ah, yeah. But normally we tend to say we tend to simplify things that take one day at a time. But that is difficult to do. Yeah. That I understand. So you can just plan your day. Very short term goals. Very short term. You should not think about okay, in this lockdown I'm going to get ribbed. I'm going to do workouts. Oh, don't plan that. Because that creates anxiety. Because many of the times you get up and you don't feel like doing anything. Yeah. That is Okay. That
1: is all. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I've, I've actually dealt with very much the same stuff. Uh, before we go ahead, I just wanted to, for all the people who are just joining us, thank you so much for joining. Um, this is the first time the Rationable page is doing this sort of thing, so and hopefully there'll be many more. So, if you have any questions, then please put them in the comments. We'll uh, ask the two doctors here, and uh, I am Abhijit. I am. Uh, I've been hosting the Rationable podcast and the Rationable page and the Be Rationable website. We are, we talk about science and uh, evidence-based, I mean, decisions based on science, uh, how to analyze the claims of people that people make every single day based on the science that might be behind them or might not be. So we basically help you figure out the fact from the fiction. And here we are with two doctors, Dr. Anand Khare, and uh, Dr. Shantanu Abhyankar, who are helping us figure out some of the things that we, the kind of questions that we have had during the pandemic over the last couple of months, and uh, along with some of the stuff that's been in the news recently. So stick around, I'm sure you're going to be, you'll enjoy this. Now, uh, mm-hmm. coming back to what you were saying, Dr. Kare, I, um, I did actually, I've I've had exactly the same feelings, and it's very, it's... One tends to kind of get very anxious towards the end of the day when you are overloaded with your social media. There's nothing but you know the pandemic on the social on social media. There's nothing but pandemic uh, news on TV. Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's got their conspiracy theories. Everybody's got their normal non-conspiracy theories. Um, there are people wearing masks and not wearing masks, and whether you should wear masks all the kind of nonsense that has been happening. And of course, not just in India, but in the US, where things have gotten even more complicated. So, uh, and I have told people that, you know, try and stay as I mean, take a break from social media, because even I have felt that getting into it, and you kind of get obsessed, and you get more and more anxious, the more things you see. So just kind of disconnect, switch it off, watch something else, something like read a book, or do something fun if you can play around inside your house with your family members. Would you think that that would, that's good advice, or is there anything else that somebody can do to kind of calm themselves down and kind of zone out a little bit?
0: Okay, yeah. Uh, see, a break from social media is a must, even in terms of when there is not a pandemic. A regular break from social media is a must. Because (laughs) social media, even though it is very, very useful, right now we are using social media. So it is useful, but yeah, because of the time we have on our end, because of the accessibility of it, there is always an issue that we might overdo it. And social media also comes with a lot of its anxieties because we tend to look at stuff which we are not supposed to look at. Even though, I mean, if I may say, if, even if you're from a political ideology, let's take the most common example. If you believe in some political ideology and uh, you just go on social media, gradually the algorithms of social media sites are such like that, you tend to see all the provoking content on your feed. Even though you normally you might not get affected by it, but mm-hmm. once you start seeing it again and again again and again, so that creates a lot of anxiety, which is kind of very overlooked. Because we feel, okay, this is what I believe in and this is what I'm seeing. So mm-hmm. even though I'm not getting into the right and wrong of it, you may believe whatever you want, but the overdose of information, thought provoking images, high intensity graphic images, that mm-hmm. is a problem. Which uh, even in children, I might say, add that because you must have seen that the cases of ADHD are on the rise. So my HOD explained to you sometime to me, uh, he has conducted some research on it and he explained to me it in a lot of great detail so that he said that what happens whenever you look at the mobile or you have seen that parents normally what we do, uh, toddler is playing, uh, just go on YouTube, watch nursery rhymes. Okay, they may be watching uh, content which is appropriate for kids. That is okay. Mm-hmm. But what happens because of the excessive graphics, the coloring on the f- screens, the uh, initial infant or the child's mind is then habituated to uh, intense uh, stimulation. Normally, mm. if he, if the child plays marbles or plays just uh, with toys, the stimulation is not that much. But with mobile screens, the stimulation is to a great degree. And whenever they are removed from that stimulation, then the brain starts asking for it. That is why it has been postulated that maybe because of that, the cases of attention deficit hyperactivity are on the rise in children uh, due to the use of screens. That is also an issue.
1: Gradually build up your offline
0: activity. Yeah, you should have some time dedicated for your... You should have a schedule that you can watch your social media. for. uh, You have apps for it also on your phone that you can download Mm -hmm. and monitor your screen time. So that is a quite uh, easy way to help it out
1: definitely <laughs> it's something I need to do actually um which brings me to the next thing, Dr Abhinkar. We must have uh, heard about the uh, the most recent thing that has been infuriating us all on the news and on social media, <laughs> which has been the uh, Patanjali debacle um i've I've just recently written a piece about it, and i obviously i couldn't i haven't been able to like somebody has reported that there has been a trial that's been released um haven't managed to really find anything concrete, though. But what do you think they're up to? Is do you think there's any credence to what they have to say, or any to this uh, to this corona kit that they've developed?
2: As far as the efficacy of this particular so-called corona kit is concerned, the mm-hmm. company who manufactures it itself has denied any efic- any claims of efficacy as <laughs> far as corona is concerned. So now yeah. they are taking a stand that it is not a curative or a specific drug for this particular disorder, but it is just an immune booster, which was the case right from the beginning. Most of the uh, alternative medicine preparations have uh, labeled themselves as immunity boosters and they have been sold in the market. And of course, modern medicine is not immune to this problem. Modern medicine has also been selling multivitamin pills and so many other products under the guise of immunity boosting uh, effect. (laughs) The problem is that uh, nobody has a measure or a unit to measure the immunity. So immunity is something like your height or weight or blood pressure that you can (laughs) quantify. It's a weak And one must try and understand that it is your ability to fight something that is unwanted and inimical to your health, your body, your system. Mm -hmm. But this system, where it's a double-edged thing and it works both ways. And I'm sure that uh, people listening to this might have already apprised themselves with the fact that deaths in Corona, as uh, Dr. Anand will concur, they happen because the immune system goes haywire. It is the immune system which builds up a, hyperimmune response to such an extent that the virus is destroyed but the system that is supposed to destroy the virus keeps functioning, attacks our own systems and it destroys the person's health and actually sometimes happens to be fatal. That is what happens. So in fact we are very lucky that the so-called immune boosters don't actually boost the immunity because if they would then there would be uh, more problems created than they probably would be able to solve so that, fact, that,
1: that's how it is so and in fact the uh, the medicine that has been discovered in england i think in uh, that recent study which was released uh, dexamethasone is that what it's uh, called um, so, so that one is supposed to is a steroid which in effect reduces your inflammatory response, which is a part of your immune response. Isn't that right?
2: Yeah. Too much of inflammation is bad. Mm -hmm. And too little is also bad. So you just have to have the right amount of inflammation. So as you fight off the disease, but do not harm your system. That's a Mm -hmm. delicate balance which uh, we have to achieve. Uh, Mind you, though, it has been reported as a new drug. Dexamethasone is not a new drug. It's a very, very old drug. We all know its uses its effects. And uh, Indian doctors have also been using it and still use it day in and day out as an anti-inflammatory and, uh, and for so many of its other actions. Mm-hmm.
1: Well, so there you have it. You have to actually, in the case of coronavirus, it's, especially in the more extreme cases, you need to do the opposite of boosting your metabolism, which is actually reducing your metabolism. So don't believe all these people who are telling you to boost your metabolism. Sorry, metabolism, I keep saying, I mean immunity. So you're supposed to reduce your immunity, if you have an extremely, if you have an extreme case of it, instead of boosting it. And that's what dexamethasone does. And that's probably the first breakthrough that we've really had in this, which definitely gives you a lot of hope and uh, definitely ends up relieving the anxiety a little bit. Um, Kind of gives you that little bit of boost. Like there's this new uh, medicine which was released by, uh, uh, was it Bharat uh, Medicals or uh, something? uh, Then a new vaccine which has entered human trials. Have you heard anything about it, either of you? Uh,
2: I'm not aware of any such vaccine.
0: Okay. What uh, what I have heard, I have picked up on Twitter only. Right now, we are not in the process of, uh, as in, we don't know any authentic news about any vaccine. But some people are saying some vaccine is in human trial stage, some is in stage 2, some is in stage 3. But we don't have any authentic info on what is the, I think, maybe people in government are looking at it. But we don't have any info right now.
1: Yeah, uh, well, that's unfortunate. I mean, I did see that there is something called Covaxin, uh, which has entered human trials. But where that is going to lead, we, of course, we don't know. It's too early to tell. So uh, we're just going to have to <laughs> wait and see what happens. Um, in the meantime, I also, uh, Dr. Khare, I wanted to talk to you about uh, Sushant Sikh Rajput, which I think has led to a lot more depression during the pandemic than just the pandemic itself. Um, a lot of people have been reeling from this. Uh, and I think, and it's the conversation about mental health in India has definitely skyrocketed. Uh, Everybody is talking about it now. And I think it's a very co- important conversation to have. And I think it's a conversation we should be having on a constant basis, instead of when our favorite uh, celebrity icon, unfortunately commits suicide, or I mean, whatever the circumstances were, we don't really know what the circumstances were because uh, well, it could have been depression, it could have been a lot of circumstances which led to depression, it could be a combination of a variety of things. but I don't want to speak about him in i mean specifically, but I do want to understand what you think the current state of mental health awareness and um, treatment opportunities that we have in India right now? And what do we need to do about it? Because there are a lot of people out there, we have over a billion people, uh, steadily rising, and I'm quite sure there is a huge number of people who are probably suffering from mental health issues and are not getting the proper help. So what do you think we are? Where do you think we are? And where do you think we need to be?
0: Okay, that is a fair question, which I'm saying, but uh, I have two issues about it that our population is not steadily rising, it is rising rapidly. (laughs) And uh, and number two, I have a different take on it, if I may elaborate on what I think. See, right now I can talk that uh, right now I can say that okay, depression is important, you should have you should get treated, you should talk to a therapist, that is all fine. As in we should, Mm -hmm. that is a given thing that we should create awareness about psychiatric illness or rather than call it mental illness, it is preferable to call it as psychiatric illness. So psychiatric illness about it. So so that is a given thing. So I I want to touch about a basic thing you mentioned about Sushant Singh. Uh, On that day, uh, I might add that many, even my doctor friends also called me up when the news broke out in the afternoon, even my doctor friends called me up and say and told me that oh I am not feeling well. I am feeling I am feeling disturbed. Mm. So I thought about it for one two days that what might be the, I also I I went like to add that for one night I did not sleep the whole night. I was constantly watching his videos. I even watched MS Dhoni again for no reason. So, so I felt that. So I thought about it. What might be the reason? So what I inferred that this maybe his death kind of lit a fire around everyone in everyone's head that because even though he might, he was not my favorite actor by any chance, Mm -hmm. but he was a relatable guy. He was a guy which anybody could relate to. And he was famous because of that. What people felt that if he can suffer from that, see most of the Bollywood actors, people feel that they're outside their reach. See, We consider Amitabh Bachchan that he is a god. We, people stand outside his house for just having a look at him. But Sushant mm-hmm. was relatable that okay, he was a very successful man but he was one among us. Yeah. So that hurt, that disturbed people a lot and that yeah. made them think about their own choices and about their own... That made them confront about their own feelings. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was the reason because he, many people have committed suicide before also. Many famous yeah. people also. But his death kind of had a different intonation about it, different meaning to it, I feel. That is my opinion, is what I feel. Maybe mm-hmm. something was different this time. That is why the pace of the... Con- see, Deepika has been talking about mental illness since last two, three years. Anushka has been talking about it. So, mm-hmm. but uh, this has brought a lot of pace, uh, his death. It was very unfortunate, yeah. but maybe there is good in everything is what we can see.
1: We can yeah, I think take some positives out of it. Yeah, I mean, we. Uh, I honestly, my personal thing was um, that uh, my wife had recently. I mean, I, I, I haven't, I hadn't watched, haven't still watched any of his movies yet. But one of the things I had been following about him. That is the case. <laughs> no, one thing which I've been following about him a lot is that he was quite a science enthusiast. And yeah. he had gone to NASA. He wanted to take. He'd taken some kids to NASA. He wanted to promote it. He'd bought a very expensive telescope just for kicks, and he would use it on a regular basis to look at the stars. And that in itself really connects with me. I've got a rocket right here. I'm. A, I'm also. i You know, the reason why Rational is here is because I'm also very passionate about science, and I really wanted to connect with him and you know, get his thoughts as well on what we can do to improve the state of science in this country. But I, that's not an opportunity I ever got. So I followed him and respected him for a very different reason. And that's why when he, when he passed away, that, I mean, that had, uh, that had an impact on me as well. It was quite a shock and a huge loss to everyone. But, uh, but that brings up that question, what is it that we can do maybe on an individual level as well and as a country to not only advise the people we know who are going through depression who are going through anxiety or having some mental health issues how do we get them to um, to the help that they need and how do you think as a country what do we need to do to make that stick to make that stigma go away so that we can address it better and you know build the facilities and provide the pro- proper training to the doctors who need to get there to who want to work in that field
0: right now i feel that we are we have started going onto the path of betterment of mental health services in india so that is an ongoing process we are not we are behind obviously we are behind on that but yes we have 5 years back the situation was different but uh, in these 5 years a uh, lot has been started and because of this all uh, teleconsulting and uh, being available on video see most of the psychiatric patients need a prescription mm-hmm. and need somebody they can talk to that can be easily done over video so that is a big plus in this field so if and because of the accessibility of internet so that is a thing that which has increased a lot of awareness mm-hmm. and what i feel that people might discredit that but celebrities talking about mental illness does help in a lot of ways that we can't understand because they have a reach and they have a in sort of influence on the normal people or the common people around our country that even though you may say about but you tend to have a thought about it if they say you yeah. don't like her but you still mm-hmm. think about what she's saying so mm-hmm. that helps a lot I feel that more Fame should talk about it. The government should go out in a go out on a limb and get some famous people to talk about their health. Like they did about polio. The best case example is of polio. Sir, like right, I've seen all the right, how it started the campaign and how we eradicated polio. So that was a great lesson because celebrities Amitabh endorsed it, maybe Jackie Mistrov had endorsed it before. But that helped a lot. I feel that. Mm.
1: And uh, I think Deepika Padukone, was also has, she's also spoken out about uh, yeah. depression and her experiences through it. So I think that has also helped quite a bit. Um, yes, please.
2: Yeah. Abhijit, you just mentioned that you were uh, rather shocked to hear about Sushant Singh's crush food suicide because he was a person with a scientific bent of mind. I would mm-hmm. like Dr. Anand to tell me, that are there any studies which show that uh, believers have a certain rate of suicide while non-believers have a significantly different rate of suicide? Is it so? Does rational and uh, scientific thinking help you through, or it is uh, it is uh, it is not a blessing?
0: It it has two factors. What to, I have. Uh in my limited experience, but uh, what I have read about it, so believes, believers, if they are not delusional, then that belief or faith, as we may call it, that helps in finding, giving them some solace. Basically, I feel what is faith or what is believing in something, any religion for that matter, that you are giving them something. I feel that 200 years back, 1000 years back, religion was some sort of therapy only to control or to give some
2: solace to the masses because average life expect yeah. yeah, there is one good that I would like to give. It is uh, the month of Ashad and the day is Ekadeshi and the fam- very famous and popular pilgrimage to Pandarpur happens in Maharashtra and lakhs of people actually visit this small town in the center of Maharashtra. And mm. one of the anthropologists in Maharashtra, Iravati Karve, has said that uh Vithobha, the, the deity there happens to be the the psychiatrist who is approached the most in Maharashtra.
0: <laughs> that is what I was saying. Exactly. That what whenever we go inside a temple or when we talk to a we talk to an idol, if I may say so, or anywhere anywhere, any place of worship, what we say that we Tend to just went out. Catharsis goes on in temples, I feel. We just went out, Ki ye chahiye, mere aisa ho gaya, help me. Even though we that is what is catharsis, that you lend an ear to a person who is feeling something. That is it. So if I think as a sort and it has been said that uh, Bhagavad Gita is the best form of CBT that we can give, cognitive behavioral therapy many of the principles of CBT have been derived from Bhagavad Gita. So, and even in Bible, even in Quran, so all in all, what I think that religion is a kind of solace, giving some solace to people. Faith. Rational thinking always bad but, but I believe that rational thinking helps a lot. If mm-hmm. you think, start thinking rationally about something, then you have a clearer picture of what you're going through. Even though you might not be able to solve it, at that moment but at least you understand what you are going through and not knowing is also understanding that i don't know this is mean i understand that i don't know this yeah if i don't funny. know something if i don't know what is the distance between sun and earth i am acknowledging the fact that i don't know the distance between the sun and earth so that leaves a thing that leaves a that leaves a space that okay somebody can find it out if i say okay there is no distance between sun and earth so that is I being delusional. I am not being rational about. It. So not uh-huh. knowing is also kind of information that we are acknowledging. I feel. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: And could uh, you said something very interesting about the uh, about the about CBT being derived from the Bhagavad Gita? Could you elaborate that on that a little bit? What? Do you, how do you think that is?
0: Uh, some part of like cognitive distortions are there. Mag- uh, there are some type of cognitive distortions while which we. Uh, Try to correct or try to change while performing CBT. There is magnification that is magnifying the problem which is there, even though it, mm-hmm. or minimization or or being all or uh, being very uh, selective abstraction that everything is happening to me only. So there are a lot of cognitive distortions. So mm-hmm. if you go through the Gita, so you might, you get some principle about uh, being the. Uh, how to manage your stress how to have uh, how to process difficult information how to process conflicting information and be rational about it how to go about your life so some things are there some things are there. what i meant to say was that it also helps that if you take some things from religious textbooks, that helps not everything is bad but i can definitely not everything is good that i can definitely say but many things we can pick up and apply it uh, to the modern world. Mm-hmm. Richard Dawkins' uh, book, God Delusion, that is a very good book that rationalists should read about.
2: Yes. And maybe yeah, you absolutely. can elaborate about RABT uh, as well, because that particular therapy, as the name suggests, is rational emotive. Behavior. Yeah.
0: Okay. So uh, I don't have much experience in performing RABT, but I know the basics of how to do it. That is rational emotive behavior therapy. So, RABT is basically about the ABC, the uh, uh, the, behavior, the behavior, the antecedents, behavior and the consequences of our actions. So, we categorize them, our thoughts into these three columns and then it is uh, really moved upon. And uh, the main principle behind REBT is that the things that we say, I must do this. I must have uh, five lakhs by five years. So uh, we tend to change that and we say that I shall do this or I should, I may have five lakhs by five So we try to just change the hard, rigid thought process into a more flexible thought process, a rational thought process. The basic principle is that, but there is a lot of detailing that goes into the therapy. You get the history, you point out the specific problems, you get the specific issues out, and then you work on them.
1: Thank you so much for listening to The Rationable Podcast. If you like this show, please subscribe, share it, rate it, and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. It'll make it much easier for others to find it. For the show notes, transcript, references, and more visit www.berationable.com. Continue the conversation on the Rationable Conversations Facebook group and at Be Rationable on Twitter. For feedback, questions or suggestions, write to abhijit at berationable.com. That's A-B-H-I-G-I-T at berationable.com. Until next time, be rationable.